Everybody and welcome to episode three forty two of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my aquatic co-hosts Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt, and we're here this week with the Take Two Turkey Edition. Did you burn your house down getting a turkey, trying to fry your turkey this year? Just try again with the Take Two Turkey. Should have gotten they, Popeyes. You get the <laughs> they'll yeah Popeyes with their uh, turkey insurance. <laughs> Well, they they, they would sell you their their fried. I would assume fried, because they do fried chicken. I I actually um, don't think it's fried. I think they just sell you the uh, the seasoned uncooked bird in a bag. Oh, they just rub so it down it yourself. <laughs> yeah, and they just keep it. I I assume hanging, <laughs> just in the meat locker in the back, like a pecan duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll they'll take the neck off for it. Yeah, it's out of window. Oh no! Actually, uh, so okay, marinated in a signature blend of Louisiana style seasonings, the turkey is sl- quote. I don't like that they quoted this quote slow roasted and then flash fried to give it its signature crispy coating, according to Popeyes. Slow roast is definitely, oh. they just put it under the heating lamps. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just it's under until the it dry out. Until yep. it's defrosted and then into the oil it goes. Then, I don't, unless they put it in like the biscuit oven. I think I think the manager also might just put it under his car hood and then Those just drive biscuits, around for an hour and a half. They don't bake their biscuits, Peter. They mine them from a quarry out back. <laughs> It's actually, uh, we should really look look into Popeye's child labor laws. It's um, like Bazooka they, they, Joe Gum. The guy who invented that brand just inherited a pink rock quarry and pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Only children's hands are I, small enough and soft enough to see, mine the biscuits accordingly. That may have been true 10 years ago, but they're using the latest cutting-edge technology today. I think they grow them off like a substrate. Of of wheat, like how else are you going to get a biscuit that will suck up that much moisture without micro engineering the it's extremely the structure? Porous. Yeah, well, it's kind of well, <laughs> you had to because the chicken passes right through a normal human being, so you need to include the biscuit to block a, things up <laughs> as a catalytic controller. <laughs> we we got to dam it up <laughs> just a bit until it has enough time in the lower intestine to solidify. What do you think the optimal intervals of chicken to biscuit? Like, are you supposed to alternate? Or are you supposed to eat the biscuit first? I think you a eat plug? a piece of... I think you do eat the biscuit first, so you're all okay. plugged up. Yeah. And then you enjoy your chicken. Okay. <laughs> that gives right. your gives your body enough time to digest it. Gives it enough time to, to solidify in the lower intestine, so it's not... It's, it's also the only time the biscuit is pliable enough to, like, break through with, with human teeth. <laughs> Because there's nothing. Like oh my god, hardtack is like a <laughs> pillow compared to Dale Popeye's biscuits. Civil War war heroes wish wish they were so lucky to have Popeye's back biscuits. Back in the back of, in the Civil like, War, yeah. Instead of giving you a bullet to bite on when they were amputating your arm, they stick a Popeye's biscuit that been out for a couple days in your mouth. See, you know, their their grandparents might have said back in my day we had hardtack. No, 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 sir. In our day, currently, we have Popeye's biscuits. Don't tell me how hard you are 
<laughs> chomping down on a hardtack. I wish I was so lucky to get that with my chicken nugs and some Louisiana Cajun style five piece combo. <laughs> they keep a bowl of them at the salty spittoon. Oh, you're spitting yeah. out teeth at that point. Not spitting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear I bit into a Popeye's biscuit at work one day, like the day after. I came home, my my bed was covered in crumbs. <laughs> just one bite just everywhere nature valley wishes <laughs> nature valley's the worst i think i think that was actually included in one of the stimulus checks to ukraine as a method to fight against the russians they don't have popeyes over there they need some it's a radar WM. jammer like you just, just eat one in a plane and it, it it's a cloud biscuits into your slingshot yeah the BM, go right the BMDs. <laughs> The biscuits of mass destruction. <laughs> they just drop oh, yeah. them off the back like chaff missiles. <laughs> no, they attach them to drones. <laughs> they just go, bloop. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> I've, I've seen too many of those videos of drones right above an enemy combatant. They're just like looking up like, oh... <laughs> An RPB, Amazon, uh, Amazon delivery, hell biscuit. Just put somebody that doing some end. vlogging. <laughs> you don't need a warhead on the end of your missile. Just have a Popeye's biscuit there. Get yourself that RPB. It absorbs <laughs> all the moisture in the surrounding area. It's like one of those oxygen bombs that just consumes all the oxygen oh, yeah. just with moisture. They don't let you bring Popeye's biscuits onto submarines. All right. Where, where do we where get those Popeyes biscuits, it's, it's, Jake? It's, where, where's our local Popeyes? <laughs> it's amazing how much we can squeeze out of uh, some Popeyes shit. <laughs> you can't squeeze anything out of a Popeyes biscuit. Not if you've had that biscuit. Nothing squeezing out of you then. <laughs> we're well. We're actually coming from you live uh, from the exact opposite of a Popeyes biscuit, and that is um, the underwater city of Talocan. It's Y'all not Atlantis. It don't don't call, don't call Atlantis. They're not Atlanteans. Different franchise. It's another under, casual underwater city. It's, you know? it's Namor and the Talcum Boys. Ignore the fact that you know it's very clearly called Atlantis in every Marvel media preceding this. Do we know how the things work? No, not really. No, does the no. movie explain it? No. That would be too not interesting. Really. We can't waste time. On anything that would be cool. No. That's for no. the Marvel spin-off short series, uh, limited three episode Black Panther behind the scenes end cut, where <laughs> Namor goes into detail and gives you a welcome to my crib, MTV crib style Talocon oh, special. That would actually be fun and like nifty. And, <laughs> and not my... two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. That's where you're wrong, Peter. <laughs> they just they'll do the they'll do the whole sequence from the movie from can, from Wakanda forever. They can Wakanda. Spin. It took forever. <laughs> took forever to make. Like you, you thought the jokes about out. Infinity War, Infinity Running Time were. Uh, Infinity were War was only two and a half hours. Endgame was. Endgame was the one that went for eternity. There was no end to it. There was no end in sight. It was a three-hour movie. I saw That's it in theaters twice. 
you know, I know they, I, I can see why they had time travel in that movie. Cause like you walk into the theater and you walk out and it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't explain it, but we, but we watched Wakanda forever. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did do that. And Originally, <laughs> um, it's true. And we also watched some trailers as well. A a single, a single trailer, really more more likely. <laughs> One point five trailers. Talk about on on Trey Watch. Um, so yeah, there's there's another Avatar trailer. It's largely the same, except now he's talking to the kid that the chick's pregnant with. So there's a time yeah. skip in here somewhere. He's he's a he's a dad now, cat dad, and they're doing the. Now he has to meet a new, different, slightly different culture, and learn their ways. This is not have, the same as the first movie. It's definitely different. You know, there's no you can't uh, repeat the themes of of learning to adapt to a different way of life and different culture, and you know learning that we're all united in the end. No, it's not this movie. It's different. It's totally different. They're slightly uh, less blue and more of a turquoise because, you know, ocean water. Um, And they're very racist about that on Pandora. (laughs) They're like, you dark blues. (laughs) You slightly darker blue. It's like the We don't like your kind around here. (laughs) Hey, we'll have no shade mixing around here. <laughs> how have they not, not done... How has Illumination not tried to turn the Sneetches into an anti-racism movie? Just time. <laughs> All things with time, Kurt. It's oh, a beautiful process. It's not uh, It's not a trailer we have here, but did either of you guys see the uh, announcement? I didn't see the trailer, but I read an article about a mean one. No. The Grinch slasher film. Oh shit. <laughs> did did all copyright just run out on everything? I don't last know. Year? Like nothing nothing in Dr. Seuss's library, because I did look that up afterward, is public domain. So I'm not sure how they're getting away with this, but <laughs> in he's, a the, sleepy he's mountain, the grunch. I found it. In a sleepy mountain town, Cindy has her parents murdered and her Christmas stolen by a bloodthirsty green figure in a red Santa suit. The mean one. But when the ravenous Christmas-hating creature begins to terrorize the town and threatens to ruin the holiday, she finds a new purpose, trapping and killing the monster. I guarantee you that the monster's defeated by his heart exploding after it goes three sentences. Oh, yeah. And the dog is definitely like a horned. It's like a like a, a Doberman, or like a like a shepherd, a German shepherd. Just lunges at you. The mean one, unofficial Grinch horror movie, to be released in theaters next month. Next month. <laughs> yeah, it's December. <laughs> who's who's the what's who's the studio behind it? Um. It might be independently distributed. <laughs> um, usually, yeah. So you need IMDb Pro to get uh, Fuck, yeah, that's right. production yeah. houses. But maybe I can see behind the watermark. Atlas Film Distribution for, via Fangoria. This is this is a hot. This is as much news as Fangoria is going to get. Um, 
uh, distributed by XYZ Films, uh, A Sleight of Hand Productions, Amy Rose Productions, Cali Pictures. Very famous. So nobody. Very much nobody. everyone knows what those are. Well, we're in the middle of the Terrifier 2 essence. <laughs> where all these <laughs> fucking weird-ass horror movies are getting theatrical play. Here's the here's the Fangoria article, and they have they have screenshots, and they they really aren't taking they're not taking a lot of liberties with it. I like it. I'm down. Yeah, because I I know Regal for the holiday season is re-releasing the um, two thousand. Grinch movie, the Ron Howard one. And when I saw the article, they said horror Grinch movie. I'm like, I mean, that movie was kind of like weird, but I wouldn't call it a horror movie. And then I read on and discovered that this movie exists and is happening. I, you know, it, it may have to come into the lineup. It will, uh, it will certainly be, uh, be a spotlight film at some point oh my god yeah that's that's powerful but the uh that's the that's the half a trailer i guess we have two full trailers by we got those two halves and then we have the second trailer for white noise yeah well the first one was a teaser um and let me tell you this movie not what i thought it was gonna be but it looks pretty good actually yeah uh, i i think i think it looks fine i um, will i will definitely go see it it's got a got a solid cast you got adam driver don Cheadle, uh greta gerwig <laughs> a lot of uh a lot of big names and there's a lot of just like crazy shit happening i think if you're if you're someone who enjoyed i, I don't think it's going to be quite to this um extent but if you enjoyed everything everywhere all at once i think this is going to be a movie that's kind of right up your alley yeah this is the most a24 film that has not come out of a24 in a while and i just you know i want to see the more i see of adam driver the more i want to see him next to daniel radcliffe in some production they they would like ricochet off of each other (laughs) <laughs> like like a nuclear reaction of weird. That would be our personal heat. You know, it was a big deal when Al Pacino and Robert De Niro were, were in heat together. That would be the Saturn Studs equivalent of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Make it happen, Hollywood. And yeah, uh, I mean, It's only a matter of time. I think they're both popular enough. We also have. Um, yeah, we're. Jake. If you want to add another one to it, uh, we also have Doom Patrol season four that just got uh, uh, a official trailer from HBO Max. Still making Doom Patrol, huh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know about this. I have not seen any of this, so I really don't know what's happening in this. But I don't know if this is something. Yeah, they I haven't even have, seen season we three. We have uh, Brendan Fraser not in his uh, Robot Man, so. Maybe there's some uh, weird transformy stuff. He's the whale. Seems like they Which also back honestly could also be a... That sounds like a Doom Patrol character. 
Yeah, the whale. <laughs> That'd be a good cameo. Yeah, blob, do. blob man. I'm ready to see the whale and fucking destroy my uh my heart. Yeah. When is that coming out again? Um, I think award season generally. Let's see. Is it like in the next couple of months? Uh, December 9th. Same one as the meat. Same date as the mean one. <laughs> we'll have uh, a lot to pick from. Uh, I don't know if it's getting like a um, slow release though, if, if they're going to do that or not. It is A24, so they might be. Yeah, I'm looking on my Regal app, and there's nothing slated to open on the 9th. At Regal, so it's probably going to be a slower rollout. We'll have to we'll have time to tune in to the mean one. Yeah, but that's uh, I mean, that's it. That is, that is in fact, Trey Watch, a mercifully short so, segment. This might be a get Guinness on the phone. <laughs> yeah. This might be a world record shortest Trey Watch. I still see a one on the time counter here. Yeah. It's, and it's not the hours mark. Oh God. It's impossible. It's never happened before. It's unprecedented. It's... <laughs> oh, Kurt, that's February. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> let's take a look at the box. So we had two choices to look at for box office. Apparently, they've already published results from the future because <laughs> they had... <laughs> The Thanksgiving holiday box office up there. But um that looked weird as fuck, so we're just gonna we're gonna go with uh good old last weekend, weekend forty six, November eighteenth through the twentieth of twenty twenty two. Uh still in first place by quite a bit um is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Down sixty three point three percent, however, but that's still good for sixty six million. Um it has made so far 561 million worldwide. Oh, let me uh, switch over to the. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't do that right at all. Hold on. He's. We're backing it up. All right, there I got go. a vamp. Yeah. Okay, we're good. This is me vamping. He's talking about vamping. 561 million dollars um oh that's right the display cache is going to be weird because my new monitor is hdr um (laughs) there you go 561 million i don't think this is going to be the financial powerhouse that its predecessor was no yeah unless it's like weirdly continuously getting you know 60 to 70 and we don't see like major drop-offs every week but yeah. Well, it's going to oh, get yeah. fucking have its shit pushed in when Avatar 2 comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't going to, it's not going to be able to hang around like like the last one did. Because I think the uh, Black Panther 1 came out around like, this time as well, right? Yeah, it was like December or something like that. But there was and no they, yeah. real Star Wars release to go up against that year. Damn you, James Cameron. <laughs> James Cameroon always yeah. raising the bar <laughs> and raising the budget 
And raising the budget, yeah. Speaking of Avatar, um, yes. slated to need a $2 billion global box office just to break even. It is uh, getting Cameron a China himself, release, though, to help with that. Cameron himself has told GQ uh, for a story published that it is very fucking expensive and possibly represented the worst business case in movie history. Uh, you'd have to be the third or fourth highest grossing film in history. That's your threshold. That's your break even. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's super egotistical to, to even try for that. But if there's one thing that James Cameron is, I don't feel like that was a, his call necessarily. Um, perhaps. Like, but I mean, I, if if there's anyone up to the challenge of making obscene amounts of money on a yeah, movie, that's that's James Cameron's specialty. Um, Titanic, Avatar this shit have um, they just put yeah. like so much into advertising well this is also actually alien yeah alien he did aliens not alien aliens uh ridley scott did alien but this is actually the second time james cameron has been the director of the most expensive movie ever made because terminator <laughs> 2 at the time of its release was the most expensive movie ever made oh my god <laughs> the dude just he's like no i can't if the movie doesn't cost the gdp of a couple small nations i'm not doing it like wakanda (laughs) the film it was recorded on vibranium cameras (laughs) might as well i don't know how much it costs up next the menu in second place with nine million dollars in just the 3200 theaters (laughs) that's the the difference in take, but yeah. especially in the total gross between first and second place, yeah, it's, it's pretty, ridiculous, pretty nuts. So, um, but I think Black Panther will probably have another strong week because even going to a eight forty uh, screening at on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, <laughs> there's still quite a few people in the theater. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was the the menu. I should have gone like earlier in the day when people were still been at while dinner. where people were eating. Yeah. yeah, that that was my mistake. Um, but the menu finds itself in the most prestigious place you could be, and that is uh, in our spotlight. So we'll take a we'll take a closer look at the menu here. Um, it's got a seven point six out of ten IMDb, eighty nine percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy one percent on Metacritic. But uh, you know what, folks? Let me tell you. Normally, normally when we do our IMDb user review segment, there's a, there's a lot of tongue in cheek uh, about you know how they're the real reviewers, and that's the only way you can really find out what's going on with the movie. And then we proceed to read some of the most nonsensical <laughs> shit that's ever been committed to the internet. But let me tell you. For the that's first definitely time, happening here. That well, that will also happen here. But just just to just give some credit to the INDB user reviews, um, there are actually some good reviews to be read here, and they've I've read a few that have changed my opinion on this movie, and I think I'm going to go see it now. That's powerful. It is powerful. Powerful words. Like those of Mateo, EGC, 
and his 10 oh, out of 10 <laughs> his 10 out of 10 review yes chef submitted oh yeah take a drink for every food reference we make in these reviews but don't drive for like two days afterward <laughs> yeah um <laughs> from the beginning from the beginning to the end it gives a lot to talk about with everything that happens at times it has dialogues that give me to understand that it is a criticism of today's chefs but far from the film is incredible <laughs> it seemed to me that's now seeing it seems to me that now seeing Anna Taylor Joy in a poster is synonymous that it will be a good piece of work and in this case it was these are all commas by the way there's not been a period <laughs> I really liked Just her performance. Oh, there we go. There's a period. And not only her performance was good, also our antagonists, with a random apostrophe at the end of that, well, I guess it's the possessive of the antagonist, was great and even disturbing, and each character has a reason to be there. They are not empty characters. And more than once, I was surprised with what I saw because it was unexpected enough to enjoy it. And even the comedy was very good. It has an incredible ending. More than horror for me, it is a thriller. Something new, something different. At least for me, it's something too refreshing. 21 out of 27 found that helpful, including me. That was the, Those were the words that moved me. <laughs> got, him, got him into the theater. Excellent. So when going through the one out of tens, I'm finding a couple good ones. Um, th I would like to read this one, but it's got a bit too much of a spoiler in it, so I'm not going to do that. Um, this one's title was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for Adults, which from what I understand is a pretty apt description is of the movie. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory not for adults? <laughs> <laughs> no. For it's got chocolate in it, so it's for kids. Also, it's really Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. None of this Tim Burton fucking <laughs> remake. Yeah, bullshit. that movie's for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read this one instead. Uh, Wretched, 1 out of 10, by BK Throwaway. Easily the worst film I've seen in years. Went with my family and everyone agreed, which is no, uh, no easy feat. That this movie was simply hideous. So sorry for Ralph Fiennes being involved here. He did a decent job of acting, but the rest of the movie was simply unwatchable. Horrible script. Interesting concept that actually could have gone somewhere but was squandered. It is simply inconceivable that I viewed the same movie as the other reviewers here who seem to find this the greatest work committed to celluloid. <laughs> Profanity in a movie usually doesn't bother me, but everything in this movie was F this and F that. Seemed forced to the point of eyeball rolling. 8 out of 10 found that helpful. Okay. Um, from from Ahmad Free. Ahmad, Ahmad Fry? Mad Fries. Definitely. Um, 5 out of 10. Not for everyone, and absolutely not for me. I am a simple person. Give me an enjoyable movie, good acting, remarkable scene. I want to leave the theater full of feelings, and actually this movie gives me nothing. 
it actually got my attention. Like, what the heck is going on? But there is no explanation at the end. Philosophical story? Maybe and honestly, I don't care. I do like the movies that makes you think about it, but I hate those ones. The ones that forced you to search on YouTube to understand what it was about and have multiple paths to explain it and leave you confused. So I am in theater, not in lecture. I don't want to think and try that much to understand it. Anyway, I like the direction and acting and I'm so confused about characters. So my only problem is with story itself. Summary. So to summary... If you like this kind of movie, watch it. If you didn't, don't try it again. If not for you, just leave it. And that's that's what we call zero out of zero, kids. Okay. It's too bad. <laughs> you know, whatever he said, man. What? How? How intense. Um. So Evan. Parker T. had a much stronger opinion about this in a positive way. After watching after watching this, I crave a cheeseburger. <laughs> the menu is probably one of the most unpredictable movies I've seen in a while. This thriller is filled with tension and super dark comedy moments, and it's wonderfully carried by the amazing Anna Taylor Joy, the charismatic Nicholas Holt, the menacing Ralph Fiennes, and the rest of the cast as well. One of the best ensembles in a film this year. Overall, this is a brilliant satire on the food industry and class warfare. This film is, pun intended, Chef's Kiss. Yeah! All, also a little tangent, Nicholas Holt was up against Robert Pattinson for the Batman, and after watching the menu, I really wish Nicholas got in the part because he gave a lot of Bruce Wayne energy here. 25 out of 31 helpful. Uh, tangent from me, that's probably why he didn't get the part. He gave off too much Bruce Wayne energy, not enough sulking goth kid and energy. <laughs> They did the eyeliner test. He didn't look enough like he, he listened to a lot of My Chemical Romance as a teen. <clears throat> so I'm going to do something out of, out of pocket and bump up to 2 out of 10 Gasp. for, for a, a better tasting one. Double, double the rating, double the fun. Double the rating, double the fun. I need some double mint gum. 2 out of 10 with every dialogue spoken it felt like my brain was being eaten from the inside <laughs> tracks tracker <laughs> I don't know how loud I should go with this one but it is capitalized and three exclamations recipe for disaster with every bite of food I felt like I was gonna vomit the food looked like garbage that rolled up from the ocean onto the beach they should have gotten more into the diner's background and period, comma, period, <laughs> a few more attempts to escape would have been nice. Space, comma, space. I really thought I was watching a junior high school play, period, comma, period. I was not shocked at all by mostly disappointed in the lack of consistency in the dialogue and the acting was so par in that I seemed, I seemed, seemed, S-E-A-M. <laughs> we gotta get that seam line in there. I this seem... man said I'm. I paid for the whole keyboard. I'm going to use the whole keyboard. Like an like a everyday occurrence. 
to go to eat in that environment with the menu that was given to be somehow exciting and unique. It was just a attempt into a bad recipe for disaster. Eh? <laughs> Six out of seven found that helpful, I guess. Do you think bad <laughs> recipe for disaster was meant to be a food pun and you just didn't land it? I think yeah. that was supposed to be the title and somehow he got messed up and like put... The title in the first opening. He sentence. seemed very confused throughout, so I do buy that as a yeah. explanation. He was like, "How do I use this damn IMDb review system? I wasn't taught this in grade school." Back in my day, we didn't have grade schools. I dropped out at grade eight. Yep, I'm Canadian. You broke rocks <laughs> in a quarry, and you shipped them off to Popeyes to make biscuits. <laughs> Oh, all right. From and finally, finally, from Alexandros Tehomir or Alexand Alexand Roasty Homir. Um, four out of ten, an astonishing disaster. This movie fails in such an astonishing way that it really deserves a bonus for that. So four out of ten it is for me instead of three out of ten. We had to have one in here. Have one. Taylor Joy and Fines are definitely below their acting capabilities. Just an okay performance. The lines that are meant to make you laugh won't satisfy even the audience that laughs in the background of American TV series. You really feel pity for the plot, which struggles to surprise you. It's like Rice and Tracy came up with the idea to blend their loathing of modern cooking with their lack of genuine originality and content. And content, An artsy attempt. So I'm still hungry, just as Taylor Joy is in the movie, and I wish I had watched a real movie instead. 7 out of 17. Here, he, just, he doesn't agree with, with any of that. No. He's like, those 10 out of 10s? Nah. He had his own opinions. It's rare to see that these days. Yeah. Some people That's... just want to parrot what their favorite YouTuber told them to feel about something. Not me. I'm glad we I, all have I saw strong Get enough Out, conviction I... to never base our opinions on something off of something that a YouTuber once said. Certainly not go to the great length of reviewing a movie you didn't watch or and or rewarding it your your best picture based on mm -hmm. the opinions of of other youtubers we've laid this out ever since our get out review that we all definitely our, saw you can talk you can watch it on the cast just find just search get out it'll you'll, get, you'll definitely you'll get the hit <laughs> <laughs> It's always less fun when the person you're roasting is not paying attention to what you're saying. He's he's engrossed as we as we engross ourselves in the rest of this follow up. Yeah, that was that was bottom tier segue. Is that directed towards me? I was reading goofs on Black Panda. What kind of forever? Black Panda. Black Panda. Is that is that the sequel to Kung Fu Panda? Yeah. Yes, we yeah. we dusted Panda. off an old one about how you know. He shouldn't report a movie best picture. That it's you've Jack ever Black seen. as a panda, so it's Black Panda. Black Panda. I, I think I think rewarding any movie 
any praise, regardless whether or not you've seen it or not. That's just it's just being fair to all, you know? It's the price of doing business. Well, yeah, why, why should you have to see a movie to, like, know it's good? <laughs> like, I didn't... I don't think I saw Wakanda forever. But I know it's bad. <laughs> I don't know what I watched. We didn't, we didn't actually watch any movies this week. We just sat in a, in a sensory deprivation tank and listened to Joe Rogan. I watched a, I watched a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I didn't watch a movie. I didn't watch a film. I watched an experience, okay? That's what I did. I could hardly see it with the tears in my eyes. The all right? Chosen. Season Kill. 3, episode 1 the and Chosen. 2. Which I what the fuck? So they just aired two episodes of a random anime as a fathom event, and it grossed nearly nine million dollars. I I don't know. Is that like, what's what is the here? chosen? Chosen season one episodes one. A two. historical drama. Oh, is it about Jesus? It's about Jesus. I thought there should be only like one season. <laughs> yeah, there's there's three episode three seasons of The Chosen. How is that possible? <laughs> you can wrap that shit up in one one season. Mel Gibson do it in a movie. You can do it in three seasons. Well, Mel, I understand. Well, I guess if you use Mel Gibson's priests, like... priests literally do it every year in one season. Christmas to Easter, baby. Done. Beginning to end. You got the whole thing in there. People will do anything just not to go to church. Dude died at like 30. <laughs> it's not like there's a whole lot to cover. <laughs> it's a global <laughs> sensation? It is? Like, yeah, Christianity, I guess you could consider to be something of a global, a global sensation. Thing? But like a show about it? I don't know, man. I don't know. You sometimes you don't expect people to be religious, but then you get in Wait. you get in someone's car and they're listening to some some Bible talk, and you're like, "Is this what my hmm. aunt told me to watch?" <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, I gotta go back. No, okay, no, okay, not, not even close. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would <laughs> I would laugh my ass off if they were like, "Hey, go watch the Jesus." Show. <laughs> But no, they wanted me to watch From Scratch. It has a little bit of everything from Italy, Texas, interracial marriage, <laughs> father's How expectations scandalous. for daughters, art, food, and romance. I thought you all might have Those are the only things you need. That's everything. That is everything. Um, I like how it's like Black Adam lost everything and is now available <laughs> to stream in your home. Down another 42.7%. Yep. $4.6 million. Let's take a look at that worldwide gross. $368 million. So in uh, in five weeks, it's failed to even get in the striking distance of kind of forever's opening week. Yep. People people are saying, oh, Black Adam is fine. But the numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster. They spell The box office. Said Joe. Uh, you ever, y'all saw that cow that did the, the did the rock eyebrow? No, I didn't. Oh, all right. I'll I'll send it to you after. It's just a picture. It's a it's a gif of a cow and it's just chewing and it does the rock eyebrow. 
Uh, Ticket to Paradise, the George Clooney romantic adventure movie down 45.9% in its fifth week, $3 million. I bet you when, when those two movies released, after five weeks, I don't think they envisioned that the, the takes that week would be that close. No. <laughs> and you know what? Ticket to Paradise has made $158 million worldwide compared to Black Adam's 368 So I don't think anyone expected the box office the first to be that close. Uh, she said opens in six two point two one seven. That's All right. the uh, yes, Harvey Weinstein. One, I think. Oh, yes, the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yeah, a classic Thanksgiving movie to see with the whole family. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Lyle Lyle Crocodile's brief run of uh, surging up the. Box office comes to an end just as quickly as it began. Um, it's down three spots, all the way back into seventh, down forty point four percent, one point nine six million dollars. Smile is still making some money in the top ten here, down three spots into eighth, one point one five eight million dollars for Smile, um, down fifty point four percent from last week. That's made $214 million worldwide, so I'm sure that's been very profitable for Paramount. That and uh, Top Gun Maverick. They've had a good year. Yep. Pray for the... What if we just said, let's make money? (laughs) Pray for the devil. Um, We're coming in there at $919,000. And rounding out the top ten, the Banshees of Inisherin, which I should also try to see with all this time off I have. Before it leaves. Yeah. Yeah. If I can even, yeah, if I can even get there before it's out. But, you know, I can just, I'll just look for it I'm, on my sources. Um, well, that rounds up the top 10, $729,000, uh, down 55.8%. And that's the follow-up, folks. Let's talk some gaming news quickly here, because I didn't, I didn't pull a whole lot, and... Um, shockingly, I have not completed any games in the one week I've, that it's been <laughs> since my last game review. Well, I mean, God of War Ragnarok's been out for a little bit now. It, it's How's on that PS5. Been I haven't played it. What, you mean you don't have five PS5s? I don't have a single PS5. And you know why I don't have a single PS5? I was going to buy a PS5 because there were all these PS4 games I really wanted to play. And mm-hmm. you know, if I'll just have access to the the Sony exclusives, but then Sony's like, "Now nah, they're all coming to the PC." Everyone you ever cared about, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, fine, I won't buy a PS5 then." So in a year or so, I'll be able to play God of War Ragnarok, and we'll see how that goes. Um, although I've been hearing some mixed things about it. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I've seen a, a little bit of gameplay for it. Um, not a ton. Um, it just seems like it's fine. I think. I guess. Uh, I think a lot of the mixed review is more like retroactively reevaluating uh, God of War twenty eighteen as a game, because you know mm. it was all like, oh, it's a masterpiece, a total masterpiece, masterpiece, masterpiece. But. Um, you know, in more recent times, I think people are kind of saying like, "Oh yeah, well this 
kind of follows the same formula as all Sony's big first-party adventure games. Maybe, maybe it's just really good. And I saw some. I one mm-hmm. post on Reddit had a very interesting like theory, is that like it feels like a Disney attraction ride thing, where it's just like a very right, on rails presentation. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I don't know. Like, are people looking for, like, IGN and Metacritic gives it a ten out of ten, nine point four. Like, I'm sure I, it's I a think solid it's, game. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. I'm not and, trying to say God of War Ragnarok yeah. is bad, and, I, and I'm not saying I've heard that it's bad. I've just heard no. like varying degrees of praise. It's not like universally um, hailed. Like it's not it's a masterpiece. Well, no, well, no, I no, shut up. IGN says <laughs> 10 out of 10 masterpiece by Simon Cardi. He says God of War Ragnarok is an almighty achievement and creates a new high. Playboy Cardi called it a 10 out of 10. If it's Pierce like mortal by comparison. I don't think that's true at all. I haven't even played the fucking game. Yeah, you're going to hear a hot take from Jake right now. Who hasn't even played the game. I don't know. The shit looked the same as the doesn't, old God of War. Doesn't like, that mean he gets game of the year? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... It just it just seems like it's, no, it's getting it's the biggest same. disappointment on the year. Yeah, it, it's just uh, it's just the same game as last year. But I'm sure it's fine. Like I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I don't think it brings anything new to the table, other than like the story. So unless the story is just fucking cracked out of its mind, and it he says well boy be. a lot more, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's gonna be an okay game. I think the the hotter story is a. Uh, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet games oh, that have yeah. come out. And kind of what I've seen is like a lot more rhetoric about fans just being kind of pissed at Game Freak about how like shitty their games are. Not bad. And how like, yeah, you can feed us like new Pokemon. Like we had fun with Arceus. <laughs> and like that was somewhat acceptable, but like here is your flagship game. And you're giving us next to nothing. And you're it's supposed to be like a multiplayer game and you can't even handle ten NPCs in the surrounding area because we're running at four FPS. <laughs> like there's so yeah. many glitches that I've seen that might be anecdotal, but um fuck, I don't know. It just seems like it's you need you need yeah. either better hardware or you know, start doing and, something different. I don't know. I... Yeah. However, I will say the pertinent news story to this is uh, that they have sold Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have sold 10 million copies in yeah. their first three days. It's they've got no incentive to change ever. I, exactly. That, that's what that's what the bothering thing is that they're gonna still sell, which is like ah. Uh, cool for more pokemon i guess but like not cool for the consumer yeah i'm taking i'm taking a stand here i haven't bought it i don't really plan to buy it i've been playing showdown and already there have been some pokemon that are new that have been banned (laughs) yeah i have i've seen some meta breaking strategies yeah and the fuck that one move um like shed shell population bomb no, it's oh, it, it's like shed tail. Yeah, shed tail. Yeah, Where you you set up a substitute and baton pass in one move. 
That's fair, right? <laughs> just, just, you know, take two turns, turn them into one. I guess the surprising thing is that terrestrializing hasn't been, I don't think, as game-breaking as a lot of um, I mean, everyone's... You can do some pretty cool tricks with it. Back when uh, Fluttermane was legal, a uh, common strategy would be to have normal as your terrestrialize at type. So when an opposing mm-hmm. flutter main came in and tried to shatter pull you, you didn't have to worry about winning the speed tie. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that where you just you terrestrialize normal to dodge uh, ghost moves. I saw I saw a um a replay of a showdown battle that was like <laughs> galaxy brain shit. Guy had flying terrestrialize on his Dragonite. He teared the Dragonite mm-hmm. into pure flying and then used Roost. And if a flying type uses Roost, it becomes normal type until the end of turn. So the Flutter main Shatter Paul just bounced right <laughs> off the dragon. <laughs> I was like, that is galaxy brain shit right there. And then on the other hand, you have Population Bomb with King's Rock. Yeah, that's also not good. Last... What is it called? Tandem mouse or something like that? Or Yeah, mouse hold. Mouse hold, yeah, mouse hold, where it's just four mice. Yeah, and it's it's a ten link move. Just fuck it. <laughs> and you Same. put put the cringe on it, hit the ten link move. Oh baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> Does the Pokemon get skill link? <laughs> I don't know. Um let's see. Mouse hold. I don't think so. I think it has another. That would be broken. The multiple, multiple mice themed. Um, I've also seen a lot of stuff about shiny. They like broke the shiny system, and it's extremely easy to find shinies now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also easy. To uh, oh, it gets. The... Uh, sorry, it gets uh, technician as its hidden abil- ability. Uh, it's. You know, it makes every hit a little its, stronger. You know. But mm-hmm. it's not as useful as... But, yeah, popular. I mean, it makes Population Bomb real strong. Yeah. Yeah, not as strong as Last uh, Resorts, though. <laughs> or Last Rites. Which got Hounds... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Houndstone. Banned yeah. immediately. <laughs> which, I don't know but why you, you had to ban the Pokemon sweet. rather than just ban the move, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Because, you know, Fluffy is a really cool ability, and I would, well, a defensive ghost type is such a rarity. I think that would have been really cool. Mm. No. Because a physically no, defensive ghost too, type yeah. is actually one of the better types you can have. It's one of the most physical, well, common physical move types is fighting, and ghosts are immune to fighting. Yeah. But say, Lovey. Uh, Hyperkin is at it again, reissuing old Xbox peripherals with their um, new Hyperkin Xenon, uh, which is their Xbox 360 controller. Uh, It will have modernized menu, view, and share buttons, and will gain a a 3.5mm headphone jack alongside a USB-C cable. You'll be able to get in with the Xbox 360 original colors, like black, white, pink and red um so that's neat it comes right after the hyperkin duke which uh 
is on one of our desks right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Jake with the juke duke. Oh, you can serve. You could serve a turkey on that thing. Could you could also Actually, hunt a turkey um, with that thing? I, yeah, no, I, I hunted our turkey this year. By there's a little feather here. Blood on this, but, like I'm really yeah. surprised that it doesn't have like a sundial on it. Like, look at that central platform. I definitely could set something up to where I could get it. Yeah, you have one of those uh, navigator bubbles, right? That they use on the ships, dude. Modders could go. Modders could go crazy with that because that's such a big centerpiece. You could basically fit oh, like yeah. a smart watch screen in there <laughs> and have like. A, <laughs> Look how much open air is in this controller, though. Like, the handles are just... Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much room for activities. Like, that rumble that rumble thing, take that out, and you can do so much <laughs> shit with it. That's just, that's just a Mexican jumping bean in there. Uh, Netflix has said yes. that it wants to make a AAA PC shooter, uh, and they promise no microtransactions to boot. Are, is it money? gonna? Or do you have to do it with the remote? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's like that one episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. It's a choose your own adventure. Netflix says that its ideal hire will be able to create, ship, and run a game without any competing design constraints due to monetization. It suggests that, like the company's mobile games, its AAA PC offerings will be free of microtransactions. Maybe that's to be expected based on Netflix's track record. But wait, won't. Netflix has mobile games? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. If you Netflix has the... games on its phone. Yeah, if you go onto the Netflix app Reno, you click your account. If you scroll a little bit, mobile games. Oh wow! Aza. Well, there. They have a lot of them. Oh geez. <laughs> yeah, you can play um, Stranger Things Puzzle Tales. SpongeBob get cooking. A nailed it baking bash. Stranger Things 1984. Some good old mahjong solitaire. That's actually quite a bit. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. I, I, I'd like to see the metrics of how many times it was actually. Speaking used. of microtransactions, from a game that has none to a game that has all of them, apparently. A PC science fiction horror game known as the Castillo Protocol has been marketed as a spiritual okay. successor to Dead Space, vowing to go gorier and nastier than the series that inspired it. Um, and I guess one of the most horrifying parts of the game is its uh, DLC <laughs> policy. Castillo Protocol has the gall to sell you extra death animations as TLC. <laughs> that is very horse armor esque. <laughs> oh man! On the one hand, like that is a lot better than selling gameplay features for money. I I would say. On the other hand, those are the things that should be unlocked via cheat codes. Yeah, but. No, cheat codes have been monetized. That's why you don't see cheat codes anymore, because it's all DLC. The cheat code is dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar yeah. sign. <laughs> the cheat code is your bank's routing number. <laughs> yeah. Those, those funny numbers on the back of your car. Your dad's credit card. 
jeez. Every every copy of the Castile Protocol is personalized with your bank details. Or Callisto, I guess. Callisto. I thought I saw an extra T in there. My uh, new monitor has some... It's a cutie OLED, so the subpixel arrangement makes text a little fringed, so it can be hard to read sometimes. Mm -hmm. I also have very bright lights that shine in my face when I record this show, <laughs> which also makes reading a little bit difficult. As opposed to me, who is currently casting this by, like, candlelight <laughs> in my in my uh, upstate retreat. It's, uh, it's rusty. It's compound. <laughs> there's, there's, I've got a book about wine sitting on the on the bedside table there's, there's there's actual books in this house which is wild uh the callisto protocol is is set to launch december 2nd for those of you who are interested in purchasing your deluxe edition which comes with the deaf animations included and he better dab during one of those <laughs> Just, uh. When was, the when was the last time dabbing was popular? What are you talking about? So it was... Quarter past... Definitely. Never. I'm hip with the kids, right? I have I have a hip from a kid. It's true. I harvested it myself. <laughs> okay. Um, Warzone, Warzone 2 is out. Um, and everybody loves it. I think I don't know. Probably not. But they did bring back some maps from like the OG Call of Duty's. Um, so that's pretty cool. You can place on plan some of your like uh, Call of Duty maps. 2003 OG Call of Duty. Like no, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah. What Modern about what, wait? Which Modern Warfare 2? The new one or the old one? No, on the new one, the old one had the, they brought back some of the maps from the old one. So like I think it was a high rise or something like that. Or you're playing on top of a building. Yeah. Like, you got some, me. I, I remember that map because it was so yeah. easy to spawn camp people. They just get so angry. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was kind of like a smaller map and there was like, you could see Because you, like, you'd spawn in map. one of two office buildings. So if you just yeah. sat back be, behind the midway point of the map, you could infinitely spawn camp people. There was like, oh, there was only one way out. Too, <laughs> yeah. So. You're you could either fun. jump um, up onto like little railings or go under and up through the middle, but neither uh -huh. was very safe if you were. <laughs> no. Um. So with with uh, Warzone 2's launch, they also came out with um a little bit of a, I think this is a pretty smart design option. Uh, they call it DMZ, I believe it is. Um. And this is can't, kind of like can't stand for demonetized zone. <laughs> Maybe it is, because I don't think it's monetized. Maybe it is. There's a, there's a little bit of monetization. A little tiny bit. That's a tree. Just a little bit. Um, so this is like a Escape from Tarkov, but in Call of Duty, where you like jump in with nothing, and you loot until you find like a gun. You can kill um, AI. Uh, you get cash and other shit. And then you have to go and find a, um, like a extraction point. Uh, and then you get to keep whatever you left with. And you can come across real players, you can come across AI, um, and sometimes the AI are pretty cracked, from what I understand. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's really, it's a lot better than Tarkov, I think, um, because there's a lot less realism to it. Uh, if anybody has ever played Tarkov, it fucking sucks. Way too get realistic. Way too realistic. 
I don't care who you are. There, there's no amount of realism needs to be in that game. You don't need to load the actual bullets into your cartridge. And then whenever you miss a shot, you, like, lose a thousand rupees or whatever the fuck it is. You know, I, like, like saving room in a backpack should not be a thing because you have to fold down the stock. <laughs> it's for the armor, Peter's, bro. Uh, not, uh, Peter. Jake's not a big fan of uh, fucking Yugoslavian game developers, I guess. No, the old Slav jank. So dumb. So dumb. Dude, that's silly. It's an immersive I, I, simulation. <laughs> I got backpacks inside of backpacks inside of backpacks that I gotta open up to find like band aids or some shit to heal. <laughs> no, just Call of Duty. I think did it better. Just fucking take. Jake salty because he couldn't find the can opener and get his get yeah. his sardines. <laughs> sardines. Need my sardines to heal up a little bit. My anchovies. Uh. <laughs> I like my hit markers. Raw-ass anchovies. I don't want to yeah. guess if I had I hit an enemy. My eyes aren't that good. <laughs> oh, my eyes are good and bad. I need the help and marker. I need a, I need a little... <laughs> I need a little... <laughs> a little response there. A little, when I hit little Cisco? Well, it, it scratches that part of my brain that uh, really likes that shit. <laughs> so, whatever that is. Deep inside my cortex. I like the whenever I kill somebody. <laughs> but hit a dopamine. He makes that sound in his dreams. He's just like <laughs> Say talk talk dirty to me and Kristen goes <laughs> oh, oh. Jake's like a cat. Jake's like a cat. He goes <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hello. And put those hit markers in the beginning of commercials to make me pay attention. You'll have me hooked. Alrighty. It's just every commercial starts with a headshot. But speaking of cats, yeah, I guess I guess now, now we unfortunately have to talk about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Echidna Forever, Echidna's Forever. I thought this was a great movie. I'm gonna go see it again tonight, um, and I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray and the Black-ray because Wakanda Forever. It's the 4K Blu-ray, the Black right now. <laughs> Um, shit, dude. Um, I mean, so let's talk about the uh, Black Panther in the room. And uh, Chadwick Boseman's dead. Okay. Yeah. I do not. It's true. I I I I do not wish death upon anybody. But Shuri. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So now, um, they did a good job, I think. In like, if if you're gonna keep Chadwick Boseman out, not. From your choice, but from cancer's mm-hmm. choice, um, I think they did it's this. Marlboro, it's cancer's <laughs> choice. I think they did this the most, um, like, nice way. I guess the the respectful way. Yeah, I think they were fairly respectful yeah. of him. I don't know that it was the best choice. Uh, of how to honor I'll, I'll preface this so a lot of my opinion on this movie is colored by the fact that I fundamentally disagree with killing off the character of T'Challa because Chadwick Boseman passed away I think yeah. bringing that character to screen was like really important to him and the character's story was not over and I feel like they never discussed this 
this this just this feels like a conversation that they never had. Yeah. About like mm-hmm. possibly replacing Black Panther, replacing Chadwick Boseman, uh, you know, getting somebody else to come in here, and it was always like because they didn't want they were like too afraid of like pushback from the fan base. Yeah, like, and you want you want a direct comparison. You want a direct comparison right here of of this. Uh, Kevin Conroy was the Batman. He was the iconic Batman voice actor, but he was not the Batman in every adaptation. They had other personalities and other actors play yeah. him in when they in different movies. It's it's not it's not an irreplaceable thing. Yeah, and they've they've recast before. They for less shit like Don Cheadle replaced Terrence Howard, and no one like questioned it. it fucking Mark Ruffalo replaced Edward Norton, and everyone forgets that Edward Norton was the original actor for the Hulk. Yeah, like it's it's not it unprecedented takes- in the MCU, and I understand the circumstances around why you would be recasting is different. But Than- Thanos was was it wasn't always the same Thanos. We had, I think, two Thanoses before we had the actual... Um, Thanises? Uh, yeah. Thanises? Thanises? two other Thanuses <laughs> out there before we had the Thanusi that we all know and love. Grimace. <laughs> the Grimace Thanusi. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I think should have been a little bit more um, taken into account and considered a little bit more, but instead they just like said, oh, Chadwick's our friend and we can't replace him like that because he died and didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, okay. But, and like, if you're yeah, gonna, you, you sacrifice your if you're gonna do that? that, like, I don't have anything to prove this, but it really feels like the Wakandans versus the Atlanteans part of the movie was written with the idea oh, that yeah, Chadwick that was Boseman plot. was going to still be in the movie and they didn't really change it at all other than like swapping Shuri in there and then right. they and then sh- they had someone they needed someone to swap in for Shuri yeah. you know and they swapped in Robin Peter to pay a bunch of, and they just added in a bunch of shots of you know them mourning T'Challa's death at various stages, because the the two have those two halves of the movie don't like organically mesh. In no, and that's not to say that they didn't try. I think there are some good, like there are a couple scenes which do kind of uh, provide some good like thematic elements to to that whole thing. And I also say there are a couple ways they could have done this. Right, obviously, one don't don't just recast him. Right. One. The other one is you could have done a Poochie died and went back to his home planet and just put a scene at the beginning and then just not talk about it. You could have CGI'd. You could have done the, the Princess Leia yeah. uh, full replacement uh, deep Which fake. Which it seemed like they were going uh, to do, actor. but they, they kind of swerved you on that one. Mm-hmm. And then the, what they did where they... they they wove it in throughout the movie, yeah, and put it kind of everywhere. Um, yeah, i I think I think that helped cover up for this this movie, which again had some good stuff in it, but it also had a lot of it also had a lot of junk. Yeah, 
And like if it if it was just a regular second Black Panther movie, I just think about the main plot and the motivations by the villains. Yeah. And the <laughs> and lessons the, the learned. development of the events. <laughs> just and I'm like, this would have been this would have been mid. Even more mid than than it was than it is. Yeah. Um and like <laughs> I don't know what exactly it is about it. So like when Black Panther One came out, Wakanda is a technological superpower, right? And like there are a couple gags about their tech how much more advanced their technology is. But in the context of that movie, it didn't seem as like mean spirited as it did in this movie. Like what they're calling MIT the equivalent of a village school in Wakanda. And, you know, iPhone, oh, how primitive sort of shit. Like, oh, it yeah. made them seem really smug. And so somewhere along the line, I'm not exactly sure where, I started siding with the Atlanteans in this movie. <laughs> I felt that they oh, should God. have taken out Wakanda to take him down a peg. <laughs> I I did not feel that way. Um, I do think that that one scene at MIT, that was, I feel like that was a new addition. They put that in there, um, partially for product placement, because the product placement in this, ooh, it was, it was Sonic the Hedgehog levels, but not as funny. Yeah, but Sonic the Hedgehog, when it did it, like, it was part of, the, the joke was that that was super flagrant. <laughs> yeah. I and I still laugh at it, but this one was just like it's it, it, it threaded the needle between uh, tasteful and really stupidly good, um, and just ended up as bad. Brought um, to you by Venmo. <laughs> let's yeah, let's take a pause the, on the Venmo screen real quick. Yeah, and they had that that whole, that one scene was a real it was a real clunker of a scene because. It's this very lighthearted Marvel banter filler scene, and then it like cuts right from that to like the queen more like continuing to mourn her son's death yeah. and just tonal whiplash one eighty. Like no, even in that scene, they go from like they meet her and they're making jokes, and then they have to like talk about like all their their tragic backstories. Yeah. There is, I swear there was a Mr. Nimbus moment in there, too, in the scene after. Because the police show up, I'm like, oh no, does Namor control the police? <laughs> well, that was also kind of like just, they didn't really explain, I mean, they kind of explained towards the end, but like there was a lot of things that just like kind of happened for the sake of like driving the plot forward where I think they could have done a, you know, a more n- natural transition forward in the in the story and maybe gotten some more background information in the instead we got like this random escape uh you know scene mm-hmm. and, and montage that you know you could have gotten from point a to point b in a different way and not had involved this giant like chase um but whatever well, they had to have something well, for the commercial black panther one had a chase scene so you gotta have this one have a chase yeah. scene yeah I mean, but this one wasn't even all. That oh yeah, great. it was. It was a pretty poor chase scene, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was extremely lackluster. Like, it didn't really have like, um, uh, you know, Riri Williams is in this, uh, and I not I, I didn't quite as bad I as I feared it would be, but she's not 
exactly a highlight of the movie and her involvement in the movie is kind of pointless she is she's like hired muscle she's she's yeah. a it, she's like, a she, well at first she's the human MacGuffin. the same thing they did in yeah. doctor right. strange yeah. too like her and america chavez are poster childs for a character's inclusion being used to set up future stuff and not being used because it makes sense for the story of of that movie in particular right and and then when she gets into the plot the the stuff she functionally does like her character is supposed to be the scientist involved with the vibranium and the tracking and all that but her like her actual things that she does is get in a suit and shoot people and then fly around and then shoot people and then like high five shuri and then go out and punch people in an Iron Man suit. Like, and and her, I guess the only time when she really showed that she was like, I'm a scientist, is when they were using deductive reasoning to figure out how to, like... Figure out the fusion was a like thing. Beat, uh, find out, yeah. like, like uh, yeah, yeah, the beat no more. And it's like... He's, he needs to stay moist. <laughs> it's like, okay, I well... So... I mean, you don't have to necessarily be a genius to do that. Yeah. And... I I turned to Chris and, and I like almost started I started laughing when she was like, uh, she went off on like the Diffy Q stuff and she was like trying to mm-hmm. calculate something real quick. I forgot what the fuck she was doing. She was trying to intercept uh, trajectory. It was like the, the drone. Here's the there's the Euler's equation Euler and you got Anglers. the tangent. <laughs> I was like, shut the fuck up, shut up. <laughs> you don't you don't need that. You don't what. <laughs> If anything, it's normal Tra- trigonometry. Yeah, like it's physics. trajectory. You, you don't it's need, not like... It's trajectory. It's not differential equations. You're not trying yeah. to find like an equation that needs to you like, I got to find the differential Jake, equation. You don't understand. Like, there's a system of equations <laughs> with, with very complicated calculus that she needs to find the one differential equation to plug in. Oh, I turn to Chris and I'm like, she, those, those are just math buzzwords. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake, you don't understand. She started working on cars when she was one years old. She oh, was yeah, three, yeah, actually. You know, and great, great, uh, you know, father figure saying, "I'm." He just handed me a blowtorch and said, "Figure it out." That's what you got to do with kids sometimes. Do the do the producers understand how old three years is? Have well, they seen it a has child? To sound very impressive, Peter. Don't you know when you're very smart, you also can will your physical development to be more advanced. I will say, as somebody with experience with a almost three year old, um, I did throw a blueberry in her mouth, and she did not choke on it. So they're pretty capable. She passed the of But you think that she would be able to like undo the ratchet to help you with the oil change? Yeah. I think I think she if she mm-hmm. was out there helping me work on the on the car earlier, she would have been able to um, probably get that bolt uh, done without me. And, I think about she'd yeah. have given time, you know. She'll figure. And I it should out. say, this extends to other Marvel characters too. Obviously, I just think of like how Bruce Ban- how Bruce Banner has like seven doctorates, and he's like what, thirty, you know, forties. Yeah, but you can like. Like, double dip on some stuff but yeah but that's still spending like all your time at like doing university like uh research projects nobody's which is smart, what he did 
before the government. <laughs> he does his whole thesis in in an afternoon. Don't worry yeah. about the don't worry about the uh, <laughs> the politics and the uh, the system that you have to go through to do all that. You don't get it when you're when you're smart in in Marvel world. You just have to be smart, and then you get paid a lot of money, and you're handed degrees. And what is smart? Mm -hmm. Don't worry <laughs> about it. He's going to say some nuclear buzzwords and then help save the world. And then he just gets handed yeah. diplomas. You get you get brain, you know, like you get strength power, and you get brain power. He's, he's, he has a strong brain. Bruce Do Banner has a strong brain. Doctor Strange shared that technique of uh, astral projecting, so while they're sleeping, they can be working on their thesis at the same time. <laughs> that, that's just a common thing everybody can do. <laughs> and for all these, and for all these geniuses, Namor is not one of them because Namor is the worst statesman in the history of <laughs> nations. Uh, like yeah, this guy, he's like he, yeah, he's like oh. Someone touched my vibranium. I'm going to issue an ultimatum, a declaration of war. And then I'm going to kidnap the the enemy state and they they injure one of my people hey, while hey I'm trying while trying they to escape. Requested, I'm going to destroy their they capital. Requested parlay. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the jumpiest villain ever. Like going from 0 to 60 real fast. Um uh, uh, over nothing, over anything, but we'll welcome the princess of possibly his rival well, nation. Um, so I right feel away. like they, if I may defend Namor's character a little bit, I think the implication is that they'd been hunting vibranium for a while in the aftermath of the first Black Panther, like Wakanda's having their outreach places getting hit up and the U.S. was searching under the sea. I think that operation had been going for a while. They just finally started detecting a vibranium deposit that the Atlanteans couldn't move out of out of their detector range. Maybe, but I, I didn't see any, like, evidence for that. Like, the way the story, the way the movie told it, it just seemed like they found it once with their new device, and Namor was like, oh, no, they touched my vibranium. I'm going to go talk to this other country because i want i want everything i want i want my cake and eat it too where i don't want anyone to know we're here but also i want the sovereignty over our land which no one knows <laughs> is our land the the other kind <laughs> at of least wakanda had like an actual nation yeah. right it had actual borders even though it was much more developed than everyone thought it was still like it had a land it was on the map Namor can't be like, oh, I'm not going to be on the map, but I still want respect. But it's my as a land, country, you see. Even though no don't one knows who it is. Trespass on my land that you don't know where that is. <laughs> and why, yeah. like, here, I guess here's the other um, thing that kind of bothers me about this is that he was afraid that Talo Khan was going to be, you know, invaded or whatever. But he said it was, like, impossible for, like, anybody on Earth to get down there. Like, he had to open up a special, like, portal yeah. thing. And then on top of that, they all had to be wearing special suits, which was very restrictive, to be able to just survive down well, there. I think... So, even if there was a full assault on, like, his home <laughs> nation, they would be so much more advantaged than not. Yeah. You send one patrol out to, to defeat their scuba boys. Like, more... Uh, you know, a more realistic one would have been 
that what they kind of tried to do in Aquaman, which was the all the nations of the world are polluting <laughs> my land, uh, and they're polluting the oceans. And See, my read, that that would have made more sense to Namor me. Is like is you're, that he is he is a uh, he has ambitions for world domination, and he is using the veil of oh, I'm just trying to protect my lands. Um, yeah, and the 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 underwater disco ball um, <laughs> supports your opinion. Yeah. Uh, can we talk? I, you know what? I'm going to talk about the, fil- the cinematography. <laughs> I'm going to hit the cinematography button. Uh, there's a lot of dark shots in this. There's a lot of very visually dark shots yeah. in this. Said the same fucking thing. She was like, "This movie was so." I like. She's like, "I need Hollywood to stop making movies so dark. Like, I can't see." And I think part of it is the amount of CGI that they're putting in movies, and I feel like they're all so rushed. Is yeah, so they have to hide it being hidden in these dark shots. So you have so many night shots that are just hiding bad CGI in it. I mean, even the even the throne room scene, which wasn't completely dark, but it was darkish. He seemed mm-hmm. like he was CG'd underwater too, for whatever reason. He didn't look well, right. The, I don't know. Yeah, what they there did was a lot him. of that, like where an actor is on a green screen for a shot that you wouldn't think they'd have to be on a green screen for. I don't know how much of this, like, uh, oh, was the filmed beach. during the beach well, at the end, the beach, and then even on the bridge, and when they're supposedly leaving MIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the spear maiden general like turns around and poses, like you can see a, a stark chroma line in front of this picture oh, the, of the yeah. the end the end scenes on the boat too. Like those were all like that wouldn't have been too hard to do something more. No, you know, no. Bri- turns out bridges actually exist. Yeah, you like can you go to filmed a, a location for this, but I don't know how much of that is like pandemic stuff. I know that the actress who played Shuri was unvaccinated and that caused production delays because she couldn't film with certain crews or go to certain filming locations. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So these, uh, (laughs) these actors and, and everyone was in a super suit at the end. Everyone was in a super suit because you had Ironheart floating around. You had Knuckles, the, (laughs) the Wakandan echidnas, yeah, that suit was um, hideous. And then you had, and then you had the Black Panther, which they they still didn't fix the the weird shaky mannequin issue from the first movie, yeah. where the the super suit just didn't have good CGI on it. But they got Namor's little ankle wings. Yeah, I was I was surprised on. at how well that turned out, and like how much yeah. is flying. Had the potential to look really fucking goofy, but actually looked okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'll give a lot of credit. They they made him, who's like essentially a very goofy villain, kind of look badass. Yeah. Um, and, right. And that was that was props on them for doing that, oh. which is and except for Baby Namor, Baby Namor. Well, was Baby Namor goofy. was yeah. like fucking like the Brightburn kid. That dude had a menacing presence to him. <laughs> This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kid Boo right there just being like, "Let's burn everything down." I am uh, setting mm-hmm. fire to the 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 land world, land dwellers. Can we also talk about uh, on that note? 
Can we talk about how the voice of the the voice of the citizens of the nations actually doesn't matter? Turns out that the people's voice doesn't matter because the the monarch the the monarchical rulers actually will solve it all for you. They know best because um, they fought each other and they decided between themselves that the war should be stopped. No matter to the people on the boat, they you know they thought about the people on the boat, but you know that final battle. Yeah. Oh. Oh, there's they just had to fight until their leader said, "No, you can stop now. We're friends. Sorry about everyone who died." Our leaders are standing next to each other, not saying anything and like having smirks on their face. Let's stop. I know you just killed all of my like (laughs) tribe members, and you killed my brother and sister. Like it's okay, you know. Why can't we be friends? eh? (laughs) Yeah, we just almost sank your ship. You destroyed our capital city. Ten seconds ago, I was ready to to slit your throat in cold blood, but you know what? Namor said you're all right, so you're all right with me. (laughs) And then you have the guys in the the mountain tribe. You know this. Oh, hey, look! It's a huge refugee crisis. I'm sure he like grabbed his (laughs) grabbed his arms like, no, it's fine because I'll punch you if it's not. Yeah. And he's like, okay. I, I'll follow your word implicitly. Yeah, his I forget the name of the, yeah, Umbatu, but like he was yeah. like the most level-headed character in this entire movie, like bringing up nothing but straight <laughs> facts. Yeah, and I, you know, I think people liked him in the first one because he was kind of like a little eccentric, and and you had Chadwick Boseman kind of be the level-headed person. But now when you have the main character kind of forced into this uh, Killmonger-esque uh, phase, he has to be the level-headed one now that Chadwick's, uh, you know, T'Challa's yeah, gone. And, and so. Shuri's character, um, I just think in general, is not strong enough to be a lead in a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And they tried to make something interesting happen with her, but they just didn't really commit to it like there was never a consequence for for an action taken in haste well i mean her mom died if you if you well, that was not her her decision to the, yeah, they they true. the Lanians attacked because her mother went behind namor's back to to rescue them and killed one of his yeah. people and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, she fucking knows where Talakan is now. We got to make sure that they don't invade. So here's an impressive display of force. Here's a here's a terror yeah. attack. But again, do they like? No, I understand. Like, logically, Atlantis has nothing to fear. And if they I wish they would have had a, had a scene um, where namor's more nefarious nature was was put on plainer display so you know like oh okay he's he's just doing lip service to all this i'm just protecting my land stuff he wants to you know take over the world or whatever but they they tried to make him a more sympathetic villain and i don't dislike his his character i think he's one of the more interesting parts of the movie but like with everything in this movie it all feels a little half baked. Uh, yeah, I I definitely think that Namor was be. I wanted more screen time of Namor. Um, and, and when you look at Shuri's character arc, 
over the like I got I consider it like three movies this uh you know Black Panther <laughs> one and then like her time her stint in Infinity War I yeah think she was in more mm-hmm. uh, her her oh. char- her persona and her characteristics like went from this goofy fun loving person to just fucking emo burn the world like it, there was no arc it's like a, a spike in just different attitudes and characters and i get it a death in the family can have a lot of impacts to somebody but god like there was no transition point so to the audience i think it feels kind of unnatural to have her like yeah. acting this way like scorched earth mentality like i don't think mm-hmm. i have a problem with her being black panther too much i definitely think a recasting of black panther would have been uh better but um if you're gonna have her be black panther you gotta show a little bit more development to her character because all we know before this was she was the goofy um kid sister scientist genius i i don't know if i'm the only one who felt that way but i found shuri before this movie to be one of the more annoying characters in the mcu yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind her either way. Um, I will say she. There's some, and there are some. There's some doofy lines dropped in this movie. Um, can we? I. This is, has nothing to do with what we were talking about, other than it's Shuri. But in the beginning, when the queen comes in to the lab, and the oh, AI yes. comes oh, up. Oh yes, thank you for bringing this up. And she's like, and, <laughs> and she's like, no, mom, it's not like in the movies. AI doesn't hurt people. <laughs> literally the yeah, inciting ten, incident ten to or whatever <laughs> in, in in universe yeah. an ai tried to take over the world <laughs> that still has effects to this day because they're still bringing up the sokovia Accords. Yeah. yeah like they're still bringing it's that still up. on the it's books still i guess being referenced in she hulk it like it's being overturned and stuff like that like there's a lot of stuff going on in the government behind the scenes that is has like effects and ultron was a big cause of that so it, it's not <laughs> to, is a very to say that thing. line means that they are banking on people yeah. not so paying the attention MCU to the MCU has movies. officially grown to the point where it's suffering from the same problems that Marvel Comics itself suffered through at various points in history where the continuity is too big um, the writers can't remember every detail that's been brought up and every you know subplot or redundant piece of information and you have to to do all these crossovers for the sake of having crossover and you know it's just it's it's getting a little too bloated and i think the movies are suffering a little bit for it i don't know because that ultron mm-hmm. line that is a, that is a bad one to miss i, I do i understand oh, no, 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 like yeah. that's that's that's, that's a, a really bad, bad one, one because that's like the plot of one of the main series movies like it's Avengers two. I know it's the one that people disliked, yeah. but it's still the second I think, Avengers I, movie. I think I know where you're coming from though, because like because like there was there's like small minute things like um, uh, them having a throwaway line where it was like, oh, he must have had to swim underwater a hundred kilometers to get here, and I'm like, are you saying there's a river a hundred kilometers long to the ocean from Wakanda? And they've shown it's like Wakanda's a landlocked area nowhere near yeah. the ocean mm-hmm. like it's more than 100 kilometers but they said if you technically go to a lake first it's it'd be, well it'd be all bad. rivers so go to the ocean in the mcu 
Yeah. So <laughs> it's uh that that's quite an interesting thing. But yeah, I don't know. This uh this movie was very mid as uh Peter's mm-hmm. you know, described. I think and that's the best I word for it. I think it clears the My very, only... very low bar of being the best phase four movie. But yeah. I think that's just because it had the most budget of any other Phase 4 movie, so they could do a little bit more ambitious action. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, just to, just to mention the end credits scene, oh, yeah, like, whatever, other than you really named him <laughs> This is T'Challa, T'challa son of T'Challa. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, this is getting on my like pet peeves. I brought up during Multiverse of Madness again. It's like when you have a mid credit scene that like is taking place right after like the last scene. And it should movie, have been in the movie. Fucking yeah. just put it yeah. in the movie. Just put it in the movie. Don't force us mm-hmm. to sit through five more minutes of uh, Rihanna. You know, I, I don't care. That's a better thing to put in the movie. Because mm-hmm. if you're gonna do that, put the credits at the beginning. <laughs> Like they used yeah. to do. It's like fuck. Like that. That's so silly. I don't yeah. Know. No, I, I agree. Like it. I, after you pointed that out, I've noticed it in a lot more things, and it, it's just Marvel feels like they have have to have something, and you know, there's not like a a hidden story that these are all coalescing to. So they can't do anything for that. So they're just left to like cut a scene off the end of the movie and stick it in there. Yeah. Or do a comedy yeah. gag. And, and you, they had stuff though. I mean, Ironheart comes out in the beginning of uh, 2023. If you're going to have Ironheart yeah. come out soon, why don't you put something like her going back to MIT and starting or... that plot? Like bumping it to. So the other thing is that like for Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, um, or far from home, they're all going to MIT. So have a thing where mm-hmm. maybe Shuri bumps into Ned and some of the other people, and if that's going to be the might plot be a for Ironheart. rights issue there with uh, Sony. I don't know, but anyways, well, you could you could do something with Ironheart and set up you know whatever the plot is going to be for that. Or hell, the last couple times you did stuff, you had the um um, I Joey, or you could do something with. Huh? Julia Louise Dreyfus's character. Um, oh yeah, uh, Valentina, <laughs> who's now the CIA director. Like, have her have a thing where it sets up Secret Invasion or, um, you know, the Thunderbolts. So or just do something with Kang. You know, the closest Kang. thing to a villain you have this phase. Like, it doesn't have to be connected to the movie. You can just have a random no, no, that's thing what... because this is the end <laughs> of don't... Phase 4. They don't know what they're, they're doing for Phase 4 is, I think, the problem. Because, yes, they can do that. They should do that. But they don't do that. <laughs> because yeah. Phase 5 starts with, um... Fuck, I don't remember. Quantumania, I guess? Is that a... is that really phase this is five? The last phase four movie. This is this is the last phase four movie. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Phase what four. Phase. Over. So, I I will say I will say the the I guess the overarching description of what phase four has been is. The passing of the mantle to like who the new to the young movie. the younger more cost controlled adventures to the yeah yeah exactly 
Um, so it, it's a little bit of passing the mantle and also introducing a little bit of kind of the new villain who we're going to have. We did that. We had a little bit of that with like Loki um, and kind of setting mm-hmm. up the multiverse. Like that's what phase four kind of did. Pass the mantle onto new heroes and introducing new heroes and then so, also setting up the multiverse in very complex ways. You know what? I think this kind of, uh, it, the the whole thing with Chadwick Boseman, I think blows some of their uh, future planning wide open too. Cause like assuming I would assume that him being still as black Panther would have meant that he would have been one of the continuing over Avengers, right? Yeah. With, with all with it, we've had seen transitioned over in phase four, how many of the new Avengers, how many of the current Avengers or who's going to be in it were carried over from old Avengers? Like, I guess you have, cause you don't have black Panther. You have like Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Captain Marvel, Dr. Strange, but, Doctor Strange, but, and but probably not even Captain really... Marvel because they're probably going to put Miss Marvel. Doctor Strange in. wasn't really an Hawk... Avenger necessarily. Like if like in terms Wong? of like Hawk... card carrying Avengers members who were like recognized as being Avengers and not just other superheroes who happened to fight against Thanos with them, I think it would just be Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I he's... Know, so you need someone on the new Avengers who is going to be like the old guard. And the guy who knows, who's been on well, Avenger for a long and, time, uh, Sam. Yeah, yeah the Falcon. Yeah, you got the Falcons. Hawkeye, Falcon. Well, Hawkeye, I think, is retired. To be quite honest, in the, in the Hawkeye series, I think he's they're kind of hanging up mm-hmm. his, his mantle there. So you don't have um, Hawkeye. You don't have Thor because it's going to be Baby Thor. Well, Thor is still technically out there. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's just kind of yep. roaming around with love Although, right now. the interesting... I did um, see an yeah, article Hulk. that Chris Hemsworth is going to take a bit of a break from acting because he got some illness found in his family. Alzheimer's... Yeah, he had some oh, yeah. Alzheimer's mm-hmm. gene mapped in his, his family, so he's, like... Yeah. Taking a break. Yeah, to do some to prep. Make sure that yeah. that's something he can wrangle in. Like, oh, I guess the Hulk... The you Hulk, know, uh, Mark Ruffalo is going to, he's maybe yeah. going to stay on, but he also hasn't had the, his own movie um, in, in ever the, since the first one. The Hulk and uh, somebody else related to the Hulk. Who is not, She-Hulk, yeah. Not, no, no, not, no, not She-Hulk. No, no. Oh. No. Oh, no, I don't know. I, I don't know at all. Nope, his son. Oh, okay. The Yulk? The Yulk. Young Hulk. <laughs> young Hulk. It's like Young Rock. Like, so So what I'm trying to set up is that, like, there's no overlap between the new, the next iteration of the Avengers and the old one, or there's going to be very little. And that's, if you want a connected universe, that's something that you really want to strive for. I would not be for. surprised if none of the original six were in the next Avengers movie. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, oh, yeah. Two of them are dead in yep. in canon. Um, Steve is really old. One of them. Yeah. Well, three of them. Sorry. Possibly three of them dead. are dead. I'm, I'm calling Steve effectively <laughs> dead. He's <laughs> 90 year old man going to strap those Captain America tights on one last time. <laughs> oh, they'll do they'll do a vulture crossover where he steals 
you know, Vulture creates the the anti-aging tech and Captain America <laughs> steals it. Or or you know, one of them will just find a wish rock and they'll make a young version of him. And he'll take over some schmuck's body. You should have just oh, done World man. War H. Right. <laughs> Would have been a lot easier. They still might. Oh, is this so does he oh, okay. I was like, he's not gonna look like baby Yoda. <laughs> No. Why is he? Why is he balding? Because apparently is he... his comic book mom had no hair. I think. Oh no, yeah, that's I unfortunate. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. What I've never read that. this particular story, so I don't know what the deal is. Um, but yeah, that's that's Wakanda forever. It's uh, it's probably better than a lot of stuff that you could see out there, but. Um, Devotion just released so I would say watch that that's yeah. probably a more uh, well done story of black inspiration um, but mm-hmm. yeah I I felt that this it doesn't bode well if this is the yeah, end this, of phase this 4 this concludes one of the most forgettable phases of Marvel movies ever perhaps on on mass if you average out all Phase Four projects, the worst in quality. Um, but uh, get ready, we got two what? more faces coming up. We'll be out here before you know it. Yeah. Um, but take this time to rest and recover, um, <laughs> and prepare your and asshole prepare. for more Brace content. Yourself. Um, and until next time, well, <laughs> well stay safe and party like it's nineteen ninety-five. Peace. Bye-bye.